The University of Central Florida Office of Diversity and Inclusion brings you Matters of Diversity with Dr. V. With your host, Dr. S. Kent Butler. And our guest, Alex Cumming. And now, Dr. B. and welcome to Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. Today, I'm excited to have a new podcast gamer in the house, in Alex Cummings. He's a Central Florida-based actor who is coming here to talk about his new podcast here at UCF, Knights Do That. And uh, without any further ado, um, you can reach out to, to Alex at his Instagram at alex.cummings, but let's bring him in. Hey, how's it going today? It's going very, very well. Greetings and um, welcome and thank you for being a part of the podcast today. I, I see and I hear that you have an exciting launch that is coming down the pike, um, maybe May 31st. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to get to be here on your show. We have the show Nights Do That coming out at the either the beginning of next week, I believe, the 31st. And we had the honor of having you on there of an episode that will be coming out later next month. But Nights Do That is a podcast where we showcase the amazing people at UCF who are doing so much with, you know, the resources at UCF, taking what UCF has given them, what they've learned there, and doing great things out in the world. And it's just been so fantastic to get to speak with people who have such great stories from UCF. And we start episode one with President Cartwright, and I'm so excited to share that conversation because it was such a pleasure getting to hear from him. Good, excellent, excellent, excellent. I like that you said amazing people at at, uh, at UCF, and so definitely is um, something that makes me have my ears perk up. And so, other than myself and President Cartwright, who do you have lined up? We had we had Claire Connolly Knox, who is this fantastic professor of crisis management and environmental sustainability and hearing how she spoke about how you know UCF had to react to the COVID crisis and how you have to deal with hurricanes that come every year how you prepare for that and how people you know don't realize what goes into it and you know the big decisions that have to be made and her and I we spoke a lot about uh, ownership responsibility leadership who is where does the buck stop who has the final say, you know, who puts their fist down to say, this is what we're going with. This is how we're handling the situation. So that was a really fun one to have. That's good. That's excellent. It sounds like it's going to be a good episode to listen to. Can you tell me a little bit about what got you started? How did you come to be this podcast host? Yeah. So, I mean, all throughout my life, my voice has always been, you know, fairly down here. And, you know, as an actor, people would always say, oh, you should do radio and stuff like that. But you know, I like to be in front of the camera predominantly for years. So I've kind of, you know, written off, you know, voice work, even though voice acting is something I enjoy doing. And I believe late October time, actually probably late September, I took the initiative and I began my own personal podcast where I was speaking to local friends of mine where just to have conversations with them and hear about their stories. And I spoke with some really interesting people including a close friend of mine who has, she was a, she was born in France and came to America and adopted a Jewish faith and spoke about her time having to come to America with a French background and finding her home in the Jewish community. And that was a very interesting episode. Nice. And through UCF, the social media, which they do awesome work there. I have the utmost respect for all the UCF social media people. There was, you know, I'm, I was one of the UCF social media ambassadors, which I became over last summer. And there was, you know, all this, there was a little, a fly in the air of, you know, we were thinking about doing a podcast at some point, you know, well, well podcast would be fun to do. Wouldn't that be interesting? And I was like, I would love to host a podcast. I would love to do this. Yeah. So Carly, my uh, producer, as I call her, fantastic, absolutely outstanding. Lots of love for her. I was talking to some of the people that work with the social media and I was like, 
you know, I'm, I'm dedicated. I'm devoted. I'm here for it. Like I, I'll put the work in, put the hours in, do the research, get the questions, reach out to people. I'll do this. I'll make it as easy as it can possibly be for all of you Nice to just let me have the show. And it was a slow, slow burn, but <laughs> slow we burn. got it. It was definitely, you know, it was a sort of a, well, you know, we got to figure this out, got to figure this out, but yeah. it came to be. And, you know, I have, I've been over the moon about how it's been going so far. So tell me a little bit about the, the uh, podcast that you were doing. Are you still doing the other one? I, I did. I, I, it, the show is called Riveting Folks because I, I love the term riveting. And I love people with interesting stories, which really does go hand in hand with the UCF show where I talk to people who have these interesting backgrounds. Like I mentioned with my friend who, who um, you know, when she came to Florida. Right. And I was like, you know, I, and her and I, I'd known her for eight years prior to this. You but some things. And I was asking, I was like, I was like, I never knew this. Yeah. I know. I never knew this about you. And she's like, well, you know, you, we never really spoke about it before. <laughs> and on the show that we had, that'll be coming out next month. You know, we spoke about, there's just, you never know unless you talk to people, you never know unless you sit down and you ask them and, you know, you take the time to hear from them. Right. So that show, I know that they have that stuff that people don't know. And, you know, all of a sudden they're, the, the, the verbiage comes out and you're like, wait a minute, I just said that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that show, I, I put on a brief hiatus because, you know, I'm taking up the new show and I don't want there to be some overlap confusion. Right. But my, my plan is that as the UCF show is consistently coming out, I'll go back to my show recording episodes in bunches and then releasing them in like, you know, a five-period spurt, a five-period spurt, oh, which okay. is what I'm... Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you're, I, the way that you all are doing this one is you're doing it every other week? This episode will be coming, the episodes for the UCF show will be coming out every other week. Yeah. Throughout yeah. the course of a month. So we record the episode ahead, the month ahead, the previous month. So June, we recorded May, July, June. So what makes um, a good podcast? Ooh, that's a good question. What makes a good podcast? I want to say the intrigue that you say, I'm invested. I want to hear what this person has to say. And as you learn, and if it, if it connects with you, similar to a character in a movie, a character in a story, if you read a biography of a, of a person, an actor, yeah. of a, just a, a, a historical text, you say, this connects with me. Yeah. This story that they're talking about, I feel something. I can place myself in their shoes. Yeah, I've been in this situation. How did they handle it? How did they go about it? I love, you know, as an actor, I love reading about actors in places that I want to be. And, you know, what they did, how they got there, you know, the pitfalls that they went through, what they avoided, what they did that really helped them on their way. So I believe that a good podcast comes from connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of vibed. I think we connected really well. Um, I would say. Your, your podcast um, is stated to go from, I think, 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we talked for close to 50 minutes, if I believe. I, I mean, I don't know if you're cutting it out, but, uh, you know, we, we talked for quite a, quite a long time that day. I, when we spoke there, I was just, I was just so engrossed and I was t- talking and reflecting in the moment and thinking and you would say something and I was like, I was like, dang. I was like that. I was like, I was like, that's so true. And then we talked about mentorship, and like we just said a second ago about you know not judging a book by its cover. Not you don't know what you don't know until you know that sort of thing. Right. And we have mostly all the editing that's going to come from it is just taking out the ums, the ahs, and you know the sneezes and burps. Other than that, I think it's the the best snippets are going to be kept together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you um you have this natural ability to kind of bring people in. Do you think that's acting or is that just who Alex Cummings is? No, I think that's all me. I think it definitely helps. But I, behind the camera, one of my friends who listened to the initial episode, he described it as very NPR-esque, like my, <laughs> my tonality. Okay. Um, and as you can see here, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a, gesture i love to gesture when i talk i love to you know, i'm very large 
like just as like a personality and like, you know, charisma in the area. So no, it definitely, there's definitely parts of me that I take into the acting area, but I just, I love talking to people. I love being around people. I just love having this, this high energy. Yeah. Also yeah. coffee, also coffee. That'll, uh, coffee. Oh yeah. Let's not talk coffee about coffee. That, we know that certainly doesn't coffee. hurt. Huh? So let's, coffee, not that, about, let's not talk about coffee. I said, we know what happened with coffee. Oh, <laughs> I, oh geez. That was so, uh, I'll elaborate. We, I have, I have a little UCF coffee cup that I keep to sip because I mean we recorded at, you know, noonish, mm-hmm. which I mean isn't like the earliest, but you know it's kind of like midday sort of thing. And right. as we were adjusting, I, I made the fatal, I made the the the, uh, I knocked over the little recording table and the microphone started to tilt. So I grabbed the microphone and in the process spilled the coffee on my little couch. Yeah. Um, which 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 was cleaned up. Mine. The uh, the fantastic uh, cleaning crew came around later that day, oh, and apparently they just wiped it all up. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, Crisis you know, averted. You don't want any remembrances of, of of that situation coming down the pike. You handled it very well. I mean, your acting ability was able to kind of get you through the moment. So I think that was pretty cool. So when you think about it, one of the things that you are doing is scripting some questions ahead of time so that you can kind of have the flow of the show that you want. What goes into that in terms of the research and the types of things you want to ask individuals, or do you just have a steady flow of questions that are going to be like the emphasis of what happens with the show? Yeah. So on the little, I had the iPad there and I have about generally between four to maybe six talking props that are sort of laid out in a prompt than a question format. And the research goes into once we have the guests confirmed. So when I heard about yourself coming on, you know, google.com, every tab I can find of everything you've ever said to somebody on an interview, you know, I'm, I'm looking up, I'm finding, you know, biographies, I found, you know, of course your UCF page and all that. And if there's YouTube videos, listening to them talk, their cadence, how they, how they speak in a casual setting or when they're, when they're talking on stage, that sort of thing. And I learn about yourself. And then of course I write down questions. I have ideas and we have some people on the show that also write questions. And then we kind of just cross over and we're like, all right, this, this, this. And it's more so a, not a one to two to three to four, but I believe sort of a one, we can trickle into two, then maybe come back to three, that sort of thing, instead of just, Boom, boom, boom. Because yeah. if the conversation flows, the conversation flows. Why would I want to? Yeah. Why would right. I want to axe it with right, right, a, right. reading a question? So that makes a, a lot of sense. And your concept for the show was coming from you, or did you ha- did you um, build it with someone else, or did you have to just take what was already on the table and then make it your own? I'd say it was a big. It was a very collaborative process course i knew what i wanted to share which was highlighting the great people here at ucf from sciences to arts to sports and you know everything in between and we had to talk with the people who work with the social media team the producers that i work with and it all just kind of like i said it all just kind of came together and we were like this is what we want to do this is how we're going to do it and this is why we're doing it this is who we're showcasing so it all you know, I had, I had creative input, definitely, but I had to make sure that it wasn't just the Alex coming UCF passion project of like, I can do whatever I want here. There has to be, there had to be some, you know, regulations and guidelines to stick within. What type of a uh, longevity will the show have since you're a student? What, what, what happens like when you graduate? Right. So I have one year left because I came in as a transfer student. And so we'll hopefully get plenty of episodes out in that time. And then, you know, my hope is that it gets passed on to somebody else, somebody who has the, you know, who wants to take on this responsibility of, you know, being the person that these stories are shared through and who feels as though they can connect with people the same way that I have. Who's your dream guest? Ooh, very good. Dream guest. I'm a huge football guy, so I'd love to talk to, you know, any of the quarterbacks past or present dream guess what 
Ding! I did that yesterday. Who'd you have? Dylan Gabriel. UCF. Yesterday? Yeah. You beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so yeah. cool. It was, it was a really good conversation. It was a pretty good conversation. I had to go back and check it out. Yeah, you, he had a good. You had a good chat with him. I, I, I'm, I'm positive you did. But wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I passed him in the hallway. Like, like my second. We're like this. We're like this. We're connected. You, you, you're trying yeah. to follow in my footsteps for some reason. <laughs> I'm joking. I have, I have, I have, a, I have a show to look up to. I have a great UCF podcast in your show to look up to, to, to oh. keep as a. And I already had you on. So when Dylan I'm Gabriel gets a podcast, not, you have to be on his podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I knew the minute that we kind of um, were, were talking that we were going to get you on. I think I even mentioned it to you that day that uh, I needed to get you on to the podcast. Um, to you had mentioned it. One of the things that's really cool, well, in, uh, in a sense, that this won't run until, um, you know, sometime in the future, you'll have had your first um, podcast showing by the time mm -hmm. this airs, but I think that the the great part of it is you get to kind of highlight what it is that you're doing and and uh, get it out into the UCF community, which is I think a really neat thing. And I'm excited for what you are able to be able to do because I sense the energy, I see the energy. Um, and, oh, and what it is that you're, you're you're hoping to bring, and so, and it's kind of encouraging to hear you even say that once you graduate, you're willing to pass the torch on. Because a lot of times people are like, "No, this is my baby," you know. Y'all go find something else to do because <laughs> this ends with me. Yes, well, well, thank you so much for your kind words. I so appreciate it. And I'm not here to I'm not here to hog it. We spoke about in our show, you know, sharing the love. If you have something great, why would I want to keep it to myself? If somebody else feels as though that they're capable of taking hold of it, mm -hmm. I will I will give them the keys to the car. They can take the reins. Yeah. Because if I trust them. But so thank you. I appreciate the kind words. So what was it like to hear somebody tell you that it sounded NPR-ish? It sounded NPR-ish. So again, in my personal life, you know, I'm super boom, 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 bubbly, you know, I have an improv background. So improv is right there, right then. Yeah, I wanted to get to your and, Chicago side. Oh, I love Chicago. Love it. I, I hope we talk about that. Yeah, we will. Um, and I, I appreciated it because, you know, NPR, they're normally like, how's it going today? You know, it's nice to hear from you. And of course, that initial episode that was recorded, like a month before the first episode was recorded. That was recorded, I think, in March or April. So at the time, I was still trying to find my voice. And I think it's, it's long been deleted. But the original, like, introductory, where I was like, hi, my name's Alex Cumming. The one that wasn't released uh -huh. recently was very, it kind of sounded like an instruction manual. It was like I was reading an instruction manual. It sounded like an audio book. It was you like, it was get, like you I, get your rhythm. You have to figure out what it was. Yeah. And are I you, have a. Are you your own worst critic? My own worst critic. I'd say, yeah, I'm not a perfectionist by any stretch of the imagination, but I like to have it good. I like okay. to have it darn good. All right. So it sounded very, it was very much like a, like I was reading, because I have a side hustle where I do a uh, freelance voiceover and I kind of tapped into that voice. And then I was speaking with Carly and she's fantastic as always. And she was like, make it more conversational. Okay. I was like, oh yeah. This is a conversation podcast. I'm supposed to be conversational. Okay, so tell me a little bit. Okay, so you 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 brought you sparked something in me just now. You said that um, you you do voiceovers, and so right now, is this your voice, or yes, this is are me you doing something? Like, are you doing something different with your voice? <laughs> I can do that. Th this is my voice right here. It's like it's naturally kind of resonant, and it kind of comes from like a here up, uh -huh. but. When I do voiceover, you know, I'll do multiple takes where I'll do like, I I, I did one for a, like a flower shop. And it was like, it was like, you know, Burt's flowers are the best flowers in town. I hope you love, and it sounds really like, like bubbly and not really how I talk. 
Uh-huh. But then if they want, I can go down here and I can be like, Bert's flowers are the best flowers in town. Come out to Bert's. So right. if you need it, I can do any vocal range here. Are you, are you doing accents? Ooh, I'm not great at accents. My, my dad, he moved, from, he moved from Scotland and he's been here for 30 years, but he never lost his accent. He sounds like Shrek. And all my friends, whenever they come over, he does, he does. Sounds like whenever my friends come over, they're like, they're like we had no idea your dad had such a thick accent. Okay. And I don't, I don't really hear it anymore, but. Right, right. I love the, I love it. I love it. So you don't have any accents that are in your specialty house? No, sir. No, sir. That's, That's my one, my one, my one downfall as an actor. No accents. Oh, it's not a downfall per se, because you're, you're hired for your ability. It doesn't mean that you have to have an accent. I'm always amazed by those who come from like England, though, who have the the English accent and then do like mm-hmm. an American character. You know, I'm always yeah, shocked by that. When you see like an interview with them, and you're like, "Whoa, hey, where did that come like, from?" Right? And though, like, you, then uh, you're like, "You're acting Bale. now." You're because in the acting show that you just yeah. did, you know, um, the one that struck me as really strange recently, and I can't, I'm not going to say his last name correctly, um, is. But his name is Daniel something. Um, and he was the, the actor that was in Get Out. Uh, the black actor that was in Get Out. And I think yeah. uh, maybe he did something with Spike Lee recently. Well, he won a uh, he won an award. And I never really paid any attention to him. But I didn't see the movie. I, I mean, I've heard, you know, I've heard clips from the movie and stuff like that. But I, I never watched the movie. But then he got up and he won the award. And he went up and he started to talk. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that, that, I mean, it was light years away from what his character sounded like. And so there's a lot of individuals who, who, um, who come from England and, and just seem to master, um, I, don't, I don't know why that is something to master, but the English dialect, right? The UC, the U, the, not the UCF, but the United States of America accent, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. He, he hosted SNL recently. Okay. And when he came out to do his monologue, you're like, whoa. It's, it's, like, doing for a loop. Okay. it's doing for a loop to hear any of them. I mean, you know, the other one that kind of it cracks me up too um, is Nicole Kidman. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, you know, she's yeah. in all these roles, right? And then all of a sudden, then she starts talking and she has this Australian accent. I'm like, you know, you think that one of them. From? That you would lose it at some point, right? And but you said that your you your, your father didn't lose it. He, he comes here and he's not able to to kind of, or he's not going to allow himself to be acculturated into the American way and, and continues to speak in the way that he does. So that's pretty cool. Even my my dad's sisters, who also uh, came to Florida around a similar time, gone. They're very very slight, noticeable, okay. but not enough to be like. So then often, you know we'll go out my dad, you know, he'll order something. And they're like, oh, I love your accent. Where are you from? <laughs> and that's just like, very often. I, my wife is uh, from Dominica. And yeah. so when she talks here, she kind of, kind of has kind of lost her accent and things along those lines. But when she is um, with her sisters or other people from Dominica, it's like, what in the world? What, am, what, what is this? <laughs> when, when my father, he went back to Scotland probably about two or so years ago. And he was there for about a week. And when he came back, I was like, I was like who is this? Who, who, is this, who is this talking? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where is this? Because, I mean, you're just around it. He was just around it for just even that period of time. And it's just kind of like, just, you know, re-ups. Yeah. And it's just kind of entertaining. It's in the brain. So, so um, you... Love Chicago. I don't know what it mm-hmm. is about Chicago, but there's something that has drawn you there. And um, you, I think you even told me that you have a you had a hard time leaving it and coming back this way. But yeah, you did eventually come back to 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 the Orlando area. So what is it about Chicago? Chicago is just this huge, beautiful, historic city that's just known for comedy and theater and arts and just American history. It's just, it's the complete package. I love the city and being from Florida all my life. I was, I was younger than I am now, not by a lot, but younger than I am now. Saved up a lot of money. And I, and I told my parents, I was like, Hey, I'm moving to Chicago. 
know, I love my parents. They were like, okay, all right. And I, uh, I moved to, I got, I got a really cheap apartment, cheaper than the, the apartment that I'm in now. It's like $450, $500 a month in Chinatown, Chinatown, Chicago, okay. um, which was awesome. I loved Chinatown. I know it's not, it's not for everybody, but I loved it there because there was awesome food. There was always, they always had like the like art shows going on. They had like this little stage that I'd have to walk by to get to the train. Right. And they always had these, these great local performances and it was just such a cool place. And it has, I was there doing a lot of improv. I was taking classes. I was, I was burning the candle at both ends because I worked at O'Hare, the O'Hare airport, which is way, it's the yeah. top of the blue line, the last yeah. stop of the blue line. Right. And I work, I lived in Chinatown. So I had to go up the red line, cross over and go up. And my work started because I was doing shows at night, I wanted the opening shift, which has a 6.30 opening time. And I'm out in North Side Chicago till the wee hours of the morning doing improv. How long did you do that? I did that majority of 2018. Majority of 2018. Okay, so tell me a little bit about um, what improv is and and what it is that you do to kind of get yourself into that kind of character? Yeah, improv is an art form, a theater form from, I think probably about the 50s, formed in Chicago by some UChicago alum, <clears throat> where you just, you have no prior script, prior knowledge, you just go on stage and you get a suggestion from the audience and you make a scene out of it. And improv can be, it's most commonly known as humorous, but there's also like, I'm, I'm involved with Playback UCF, where it can be where people will share stories and you share it and you, you perform an improv scene based upon the story to show a more, a more personal side of the story. There's musical improv, long form improv, short form like game improv. And it's nerve wracking, stressful, any words you want to put on it, but overall it's just a great time and I love it. So is it one of those things that you're acting with someone else or is it a soliloquy type of a thing? What, what, how does that work? You can have, usually you have a team where it's like, you know, four to five people or me personally, I love two man improv where it's just two people and they just make up the whole scene. You have like, you have very limited props and you create characters, you take on a role. And in improv, the main idea is yes and. Yes, and is like the golden idol fundamental of improv. You say yes to what the person said, and then and. So you agree, and then what can I add on to this? Okay, yeah, I think we talked a little bit about that in our, when, we, when we did the podcast. So um, somebody just goes up to you and randomly says something like, you're outside and you see a dandelion. Give me something. Yeah, so if, if I'm on stage and I was like, oh, give me a suggestion of a location. And somebody from the audience was like, outside with a dandelion. And how I would take that and, and run with it. And how soon? Usually when someone does that, if we just ask for that, the lights will go down and the lights will come up and we'll just be like, and I'll be a character. And I'll, let's say my character is a farmer who his own, the farmer's only job is to protect this one dandelion. And then my scene partner comes on and there, and he's on a date and he really wants the dandelion for his girlfriend. And I have to convince him, I'm like, hey, you know, don't touch my dandelion. This is my only job. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I got my girlfriend sitting in the car and I didn't buy any flowers. So I got to get this dandelion for her. And it can be as silly as that. It can be as outlandish or they can be, they can touch on some, you know, more serious subjects as well. How do you know when it's over? Usually when you get a good laugh, you want to go out on a high note, just in, I think in general, like when you get the best laugh, don't want to keep pushing it. Yeah. Better to, better to leave them wanting more than to just kind of push it too long. Uh, so, you know, I say once you get a good laugh or once you feel like it, it's reached an ending, you just, you can just go like this. Yeah. It just seems done. So as an actor, you get a script mm -hmm. and for you, how how long does it take for you to typically memorize or learn a script? Or are you one of those individuals that kind of has to have little cheat sheets around 
that kind of keeps you in the knowledge base of what you should be saying next? Yeah. I, I'm fortunate that I do a lot of stage and filmed work. And when I did the show at UCF back in January, I got that script over, you know, Christmas break and we didn't put it on until March. So I had a lot of time to sit down with it and say, okay, this, 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 this. But I did a short film back in March where I'd gotten the script, like the final, final script, like a day before. And then I came to set and the director was like, oh, we're going to fit. We're going to change this. We're going to change this. So I'm kind of like between takes being like, that sort of thing. And then if it's a commercial, usually those kind of tell you to stand somewhere and just say one line. Yeah. Is but it, you do, you, but you'll do that one line like 50 times. Is it, <laughs> is it, is it, um, does it ever get old? No, it's exciting. It's, it's the same way with the podcast. I'm sure it doesn't get old because, take. oh, take after take. Sometimes it depends on it. Like if you're like, I think that was the best one. And then they're like, no, 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 no. But some, sometimes they're usually a director. They'll want to get a safety shot, which is like, you've done it. And you're like, oh yeah, that was the best one. And you're just feeling good about it. And then the director will be like, hang on, let's get one more for safety. And you're just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, let's go. So it doesn't get old because there's always something. You can always take new ideas, try new things. Right. Keep it fresh for yourself. Right, how right. can I make it? How can I make it fun for me? What's it like to see yourself on screen? It's pretty. It's it's a. Uh, it's nice. It's it's interesting. I did a a, a billboard for uh, Valencia College, and every so often it'll come up. So right now, I mean, when we're recording this, it's sitting up on uh, I four off of Fairbanks, and recently it was up here on East Colonial, across from the Kobe Steakhouse. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's just, I was out with my friends um, at a lake and I was like, hey, look over there. And it was me. Like, Is it one of those ones that kind of is digital or was it just a... Mm -hmm. oh. So it flips around. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, was, I was like, hang on guys. Get, hang on. Ready? <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> so so it's it's just, just to see yourself up on, 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 on the big screen there, huh? It's, you're watching it. And, you know, there are a lot of actors that have a hard time, you know, watching themselves and being like, they're like, ooh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Yeah. Like, and I have that a little bit. Yeah. But more often than not, I'm just like, a lot of times the audience isn't thinking that. Right. So I'm the they only don't one know. thinking that. They don't know what you know. They don't know what the script was. They don't know all those other things. So, exactly. when, you, so when you think uh, about that and... Do you think about, when you look at yourself, do you say, oh, he's acting? Or do you say, hmm, that's, 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 that's it, that's believable. That's, that's the stage, that's a fun stage that I'm at right now, where you know, I'm still in school and I'm still learning. And I've done enough projects where I have certain ones where I'm like, I'm like yeah, that, I'm doing a good job there. Like, I, I can take myself out of it and I can watch that and say, that's a character that I worked on. But then there are also ones, and even just, I, I recently was sent a, I did a short film back in February of 2020 at UCF. And then of course, the COVID, I didn't get a chance to see it. Right. And then about a year later, I saw it and I was watching myself in it. And I was kind of like, just like, whew, <laughs> that sort of thing where you're just kind of like, all right, well, I have that now. And I was like, but I was like, in that year, I've grown so much as a performer. Okay, excellent, excellent. So it's always, it's. I'm certain you see it in yourself. It's like it's growth, it's learning, it's developing. It's. I'm glad that I have that, so I can look back and say, this is where I was. Now I'm here. What's the bragging rights that your parents have on you? What do they do? <laughs> oh, geez, bragging rights. My parents have me. They uh, every so often, you know in my family group message i'll send a video and i'll be like i'm in this for five seconds have fun or i texted my family i was like hey if you're on i4 look at the billboards you might see me that sort of thing and every so often i'll post about it on facebook but it's it's also it's, it's also it's humbling you know i can say all this and i can say that you know it's, it's nice and it feels good to see yourself but 
I can't let it go to my head because it could all be gone tomorrow. And just because I'm doing this here now, there's somebody else who's, you know, working just as hard, if not harder than I am. So I shouldn't get complacent because once I get complacent and I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. That's when, that's when it, it falls off. What's your best asset? My best asset. I'd say my charisma, my outgoing charisma. Okay. That's what I bring to the table. That's what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And when you go into an audition, are you, uh, as, as, other than like sharing your lines and, and, and trying to give the director or whomever what it is that they need to see, what type of scouting do you do about the director, about this or that to prepare yourself for other things other than just going in and just, you know, regurgitating your lines. Right. I mean, in the Orlando community, everybody has a reputation. People know who people are, which is why a reputation is so, you got to guard, as an actor, you got to guard that thing because, you know, Lord knows there are so many people that just make silly mistakes. They say, or they do something really dumb and, you know, 30 years, down the toilet yeah and it's important to know who you're getting involved with know the project know what it's going to be what you're going to be doing in it what you're going to say if i read a script there have been scripts i've read and i'm like i'm not comfortable saying that i do not want video footage of me saying this sort of thing on camera even if it is a role i do not feel comfortable doing this and as an actor you have to be willing to say no there's power in saying no. Oh, okay. As an actor, it could be so, it's so easy to just be like, yes, please give me more work, more work, but selectivity. Being what selective. won't you do? What won't I do? I, ooh, I won't say slurs. Okay. I won't say anything that, that's inherently disparaging. I wouldn't do, what wouldn't I do? I don't think about that. I, 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 you can kind of just, when you see something, you're just like, I don't want to do that. But what won't I do? Just anything that, that inherently can be taken out of context in a negative light. Yeah. If there was just a single clip of it and somebody shared it, I would be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine that, uh, I mean, I, I think about the number of actors and I'm, I'm going to get really crazy here and weird here. But don't, don't take it the wrong way. Uh, uh- there, there are scenes that people have to do, whether it's like a, you know, a scene where they're being, like you just said, disparaging or mean or whatever have you towards a person. Um, I, I, I think about a scene um, that uh, Halle Berry was in when she was in Monsters Ball, where she's kind of like yeah. simulating, uh, you know, a sexual act and showcasing parts of her body um and i'm wondering you know is where's the cutoff on those types of things because i mean at some point you're like you know what there's one there's something i don't do i don't curse in my real life so i'm not that word right there is definitely off the table type of thing i mean those are the types of things i mean by you know what won't you do nudity has not come across my table yet so when that offer arrives I guess I'll figure it out then. But, you know, a lot of time young actors, like I said a second ago, they'll see a script and they'll be like, they're like, oh, you know, it's a really good gig, but am I going to have to put my own morals and ethics, you know, on the back burner? And that's a dilemma that a lot of people face. That's a dilemma that a lot of actors um, Actors who are making like a billion dollars a movie or or sitcom or whatever have you, chase the money rather than, you know, the other piece. Cause like you just said, I, I don't know that I would want video, video footage out there of me in certain compromising positions, so to speak. Yeah. Some actors I believe do. Some actors who kind of, maybe their best work, they, they believe, the actor believes that their best work is behind them. So then the actor believes, you know what? As long as the check clears, I'll do it. I can imagine, yeah, but but I guess I can imagine that um, at some point when you're reading a script, you're like, I don't see the point 
why was that even necessary? So do you argue with the director or whomever the screenwriter is um, and say, you know, can we kind of maybe look at this a little bit differently and have you won out when, you, when you've done that? A lot of times screenwriters and directors don't come from an acting background. So a lot of times I'll find that young directors aren't really sure how to communicate with actors. And sometimes it goes vice versa where an actor, it's like the director and the actor are saying the same thing, but it's just kind of like just missing the target mm-hmm. because, because the director or an actor will be like, you know, when I say this, what's my character's motivation for saying it? What's my character's motivation? And then the director's like, your motivation is to go, is to walk from here to walk to there. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> so it kind of. So it's right. you're putting too much into this. You know, just, yeah, just I definitely. But sometimes I like it when a director kind of gives you free reign where they're like, you know, try this, try this. And sometimes the director will be like, you know, can you be a little madder? And I'm like, yeah, I can be madder. Yeah, for sure I can get more mad in this scene. That's, you know, that's so you know, It's funny that you say that because um, there's an actor and, I, and I, I shouldn't say the name. I won't, I won't say the, the name. It's a very famous actor. But every time I see him in character and he's angry, it's the same anger. I mean, I don't care what movie it is. It's like, can we change that up just a little bit? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and and so, uh, it, and it drives me crazy. But um, he has like the most incredible following. And when I say it in front of certain people, they're like, how dare you? And I'm like, well, he might act well in these other things, but this one see, he lost I, me. I, I, this this right here, I see him angry here. I see I see the same character in this movie that he was in. I see it in this movie that he was in. I see it in this movie that he was in, and and, and I don't believe his anger I, because it's the same thing. I mean, so you got to be able to kind of showcase. I think that differently. I think anger is a hard thing to kind of kind of give people. Um, it can be. It can be. I find that life experience really does help in all this. When I was living in Chicago, young, fairly naive, I was talking with one of the teachers who was in my program, and he was like, he was like, just live a life. The best way to get more stuff for improv, more stories to tell, more emotions to draw on. Yeah is to live and experience life. You know, they say, you know, you can take what you have inside you and bring it out. If I don't have, if there's an emotion, I did this short film and I had to play angry at my, angry at a close friend of mine. So I pictured my very close friend and I was like, what has this guy done that has irked me to the extent that I would do this? And I took my own and I placed my friend as this guy that I was talking to. Cool. That's what I used. And that's what I used. Because I've had the experience where I've had to be like, where I was like, dude, come on. Are you serious right now? Dude, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, draw on that. <laughs> so have you ever in a, um, in a role lose yourself so much that you can't come out of it? Not yet. Not yet. But maybe, maybe. I don't know if I'd want to be one of those actors that, you know, I, you know, I lock myself in my house or my trailer for a week because, you know, my, my chai tea latte had, you know, one pump of sugar instead of two or something like that, you know, those kind of crazy actors, but to lose myself in a role so much that I just couldn't get out of it. Not yet. Maybe on the Valencia billboard because they've been using the same photo for like two years. I don't even look, I don't even look like that anymore. I want to see what this is. Now now I got to know what I'm seeing. I see it on the um so you have to send me a copy I'll, of I'll, I will I will share it to you I'll share it it's uh so, it might actually I might see if it's up on East Colonial okay and so the other question I have is have you ever gone into a store or and I, I imagine that you have you've done this I think most people probably have have you gone somewhere and stayed in character just for the fun of it just to see what people would do you know what I mean Yes, I, I have. I've done that for, I think it was an improv show I was doing where I had to have like one character and then I would jump into other characters from that. And I was just kind of like, as that one guy, 
or I'll go and I'll try. I'll be like, you know, I'm pretty loud and boisterous, but I'm like, what would it be like if I was smaller? If I was, you know, more, more, more quiet, more reserved, how would I stand? How would I, my shoulders are probably more slunched in or uh, crouched in, you know, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And it's also people watching. I love, not like a weird way, but I love like, cause as an actor, people watching, you know, I it's kind of like, I, I, people watching is the best thing. I'm introverted. I think I shared that with you. <laughs> so as, you're as, introverted. It, it takes you're nothing for me to go. Oh my God! Yeah, I, I I have to unwind afterwards, and so um, I need my my space and just kind of get back to a sense uh-huh. of sense. Um, but I, I do. I like going to. I, I don't do it very often, but I like going to the mall and and just watching mm. people um, because people are fascinating and and in terms of some of the things that they do and they say, you know, and you're like, wow. And I, but I'm not that person who, there are people who like sit with friends and they're like, you know what, what's this person's narrative? What do you think this person? Yeah. I don't do that. I just kind of just watch people and like, you know, and just see some of the things that they do, like, you know, a a mother walking with their child and, and, and just how they interact and, and things along those lines. And, and, and sometimes you can get a good chuckle out of some of that. I don't do it to make Dude. fun of people. I just do it because it's uh, just interesting to watch folks. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're like, you're like, this person, you know, they're, the way that they walk is so interesting. The way that they hold themselves, you know, just on the sidewalk at the bus station, mall, great place. Yeah. It's- I saw a really cool video the other day. Um, and they put it underneath. I don't know if it was the person who was listening to this, but they put it underneath one of Janet Jackson's songs. And there was a woman standing at a um, at a bus stop, basically, and she was jamming. I mean, she was dancing so much. And and you know, and the, and the byline on the you know in the post was, you know, you ever been? You, you, we've all been there before. You know what I mean? We've all been there when our song comes on and we just like, you know, forget about everybody who's around us. And, and you're in the car and you're, you know, you're, you're, oh, you're yeah. the, drum, the drum solo is all you, you know, the guitar yeah, yeah. solo comes in. That's yeah. what you, <laughs> People, you join yeah, the band. I don't, I don't do the instruments so much, but I will tell you that um, there's a song um, by, um, there's a song by, uh, it's in the, the the greatest showman. It's called. Um, oh, <laughs> this is me. That's a great. Oh, that is a good song. Yeah. I rock out to that song in the car like nobody's business. Right, I just mm. blast it because it's just you know it just has so many highs and lows and 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 the dun, 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 dun. and so that that one gets me. So I think if anybody is driving near me or if I'm at a light or something like that, they're probably like, "What in the world?" He got like a bee in his car or something. He got a mosquito flying around. What's wrong with this person? <laughs> but that's, that, that's that. my go-to. That's my side. And whenever I'm like, I need that because of the meaning behind this. It's not even just the, the, the music. The musicality is phenomenal. But the song, the lyrics and everything about that, um, that song. Is it's just, uplifting. It's yeah. really uplifting. It is. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um. What kind of questions didn't I ask you? We're, we're running short on time. And I will tell you sure this. Um, in, in the chat, um, there's a, a, there's a the chat. talk that came up. There's an audio book that, um, that my assistant, Kavita's son, um, he's, he's 12, um, that he listens to. Says that your voice sounds like one of the persons in that audio book. Have you done audio books? Yes, but I don't know if they'd be popular enough to be like mass produced where you could get it on like Audible. It's mainly just been like for like people who independently publish books. Oh, okay. Maybe though, that would be very interesting if I do not remember what books they were, but if, yeah. if her, I, and I don't know if the books I did were like if a 12 year old would be interested in them, but. Yeah, that'd be very cool if it was. That'd be you, really. You have a pretty extensive career. You've done a lot. If I were to see your, I like resume, to think. how many pages is your resume? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's eleven point font, single space, front and back. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, it, I I redid it recently, and you kind of gotta like take you always like take things off, and you're like you know, 
like this sounds good. I'll put this here, but it, it really, it feels like it really, you know, I thought I'm tooting my own horn here, but you know, it really doesn't, it doesn't feel like a lot, but then when you kind of look back, you know, you ever look through your camera roll and you're just kind of like, wow, like that was this year or like, wow, that was that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's nice. And one thing that's interesting about acting is that like stuff that I did this, you know, we're about halfway done with the year, probably I'd say 75% of the work that I've done this year, I haven't even seen yet. Okay. So it'll, you know, it's going to come out in like September and then I'll be like, Oh yeah. So oh, right, that. right, because there, there are things that you've been like, a long time. I forgot I even did that. Think about the UCF podcast, the 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 introductory episode. I recorded that in March. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what did I say in that? And then it came out a week or two ago, and I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I didn't remember saying that. That's pretty cool. I was like, I remember, I remember that. And then of course, I'm, I'm when your episode, of course, I'll get like the final cut, and when I'm listening back to it. I'll be like, I'll be like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I love that part. So it's kind of nice because you kind of, for, it's kind of, you don't forget about it, but you, you don't remember all the minute details. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, oh yeah, that was fun. I remember doing that. That was a good time. I remember that guy. He was nice. Cool. That sort of thing. I'll have to definitely listen in on that one to see, see what it was. At, at times I felt I was a little long-winded. <laughs> no, you were awesome. I loved, I was. I'm not looking for feedback. I was like, that was I'm certain you have it here with your own show here where somebody comes up to you and they're like, you know, I loved what you said here. And you're like, I did say that, didn't I? That was pretty good. Yeah, you have, I'm sorry, with, with your students. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> As a host, but, I have to be very, very conscious and make sure I don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> right. You got to, you got to be careful. You got to, you know, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in a story and then you're like, you know, like, ooh, well, let me not finish this one. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> let me that divert. Sort of thing. Let me divert. Let me, let me, uh, let me move along. Intentional <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing here. So, Alice Cumming, this has been phenomenal. Um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what your journey is going to be. Um, so now much. I have I have to go look you up on IMDb and see, yeah. if, uh, <laughs> see where I might have seen you somewhere else before. And, uh, and get a chance to kind of see you in action. But uh, I've really enjoyed having an opportunity to kind of talk with you and to, to kind of pick your brain and see what it is that makes you tick. And it sounds like you got your head on your, on, on your shoulders correctly and you're, you're disciplined and you're, and, you're, and you're moving forward. And so, uh, I mean, just to thinking about the breadth of what you've been doing, you got billboards, you got audible, you have acting skills and, video and commercials and all these other things that you've been doing. And so um, that's phenomenal that you see this as your passion and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're taking it up and you're, and you're doing what you say you set out to do. So, so congratulations. Well, thank you so much. It, I appreciate the kind words very much and it means a lot. Thank you so I much for having well. me. I wish you well. The podcast, um, I think it's, it's going to be a, a hit. It will, it thank will be you. We got to kind of help you circulate it and, and, and get it out Please. there. So make sure that we are um, in the loop. We'll we'll definitely get it out for you. One hundred percent. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to get to talk with you today, and I look forward. I hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, we'll have to do that. You be good, and um, we'll we'll connect soon. You as well. Take care. All right. It's good to see you. Thanks for listening to our show. This has been Matters of Diversity with Dr. B.